And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to the 55th edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. I'm Michael Bailey and I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, Pookie powers on through, Brexit breaks and Blackburn no roars. That is a terrible pun, and I do apologise. Uh, we'll work through all that and more with our guests tonight. They are former Norwich City Publications and Programme Editor Dan Brigham. Hi, Michael. And Norwich City legend and friend of the podcast, I hope he doesn't mind me saying that, Darren Huckabee. Evening. He smiled when I said it, so that's good news. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Always much appreciated. Uh, Dan, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yourself, you good? I'm, I'm, I'm delightful. Thank you so no much. No one ever asks you, do they? No, that's very true, actually. I, I haven't taken it personally, um, but I'm all good. I'm tired. So it, was a, it was a late night putting um, pulling Pookie stats together on Saturday, uh, but we might get stuck into that in a, in a moment. Um, Darren, how are you? Nice to see you. Uh, you've made the camera um, get the uh, trophy cabinet in the background. Although it looks like a lot of footballs in the background. Yeah, they're hat-trick balls. Hat-trick balls. Some of them, some of them Premier League, some of them Championship. Yeah, so that's more than me and Dan <laughs> in our lives at any level, to be honest. <laughs> and so, uh, my I, I often talk about my record at Trench um, Sunday, but I don't think I scored a hat trick for them. So, moving swiftly on, how are you, Darren? Are you well? I'm very well. Yeah, things are going well at the minute. So, long may it continue. Beautiful, love it. Uh, well, in that case, a uh, quick shout out for last week's podcast, if I may. If you haven't yet caught it, we had BBC Final Score reporter Mark Webber and along come Norwich columnist and uh, Dan Brigham recommendation, Nick Hayhoe. Um, they were our guests and it was a, a lovely podcast, especially talking about the fans being back at games for however long that continues. I'll just, just roll my eyes. Um, so make sure you catch that uh, podcast. Also, if you subscribe to The Athletic right now, you can give another subscription as a gift for free it's the perfect present for any Norwich City or indeed football fan this Christmas enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around I write for them too uh, as well as free ad versions for all our podcasts wave goodbye to 2020 and say hello to 2021 by sharing the gift of the athletics unrivaled football coverage for the whole year it's the perfect present for yourself and someone else just go to theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod that's theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod and sign up I reckon we crack on with this week's headline act well uh, what a day it was on Saturday for Temu Puki as he made it 50 goals in 100 Norwich City appearances finally uh, putting my own weight and anxiety to an end uh, on The Athletic you can read my full breakdown of Temu's 50 goals how, where and when they were scored everything you ever wanted to know about every goal and with some lovely visuals to explain what they mean to the club and what they have meant to the club since he arrived um, Hux how do you sum up Temu's achievement i mean that is some strike rate and incredibly neat as well yeah it's a 
it's been a revelation on really, considering it didn't cost anything. People had the doubts about him really coming from you know Scotland. That was the only time we've really seen him. Uh, but like I say, he's, he's got records second to none. You know, if he continues the way he's going, it won't be long before he's still catching Holty and catching uh, Big Ian Roberts. So it's considering that like he struggled back in the last season, like the old team did, you know, to, to come back and start banging them in again is you know it's been great. Can you sort of think about how that would, what that would be like as a player to score at that at that rate? Because that, um, I mean, even like, I mean, obviously Ewan did it, but he did it over a, a real number of seasons. I mean, a whole team. I guess it's it's kind of similar because he scored a lot in in three years, which, which was sort of sort of very hazy um, house in days. But uh, I mean, to, to one in every other game, and as you said, including what was almost a barren patch, basically from from most of last season. Yeah, and he's done it in the you know the top two levels. You know, whole whole were obviously great, but a portion of them were in League One. You know, I dread to think how many goals who can score in League One if we wow. a lot, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, considering they, he needed a little bit of convincing to play in the Championship, yeah, I don't think they'd have got him in, in League One. I think that would have been pushing it. Dan, Dan, where where is uh, where is Timo Pukki at the at the moment in terms of? Uh, Norwich City folklore because I, I, you know, it is a short, it's a short period, isn't it? But likewise, incredible achievement um, already. Yeah, I mean, you say a short period. I, was, I just wonder how long he'll be here for. Because at thirty, you think he's probably missed his opportunity for a move to the Premier League now. Maybe the maybe the summer transfer window just gone might have been his last opportunity. So if he keeps banging in the goals for us, then you think he's going to be here for a. Good few seasons here. Obviously, you never quite know what's going to happen exactly. But if no bigger club comes in for him and he doesn't fancy sort of return to his to his homeland, then you'd think he's set for you know has his eyes on entering that sort of top five or six area of all time Norwich City goal scorers. I think he's uh, I think he's got another year after this season left on his current contract, um, which I guess might make it uh, an interesting one. You didn't. That was going to be my last question actually about how long he he can keep going for. I mean, I have to say, thinking about it now, I mean, I never quite appreciated it. I, you know, I watched you and Roberts from the, from the stands. I never really appreciated, I don't think that, you know, A, so I remember it being discussed at the time, obviously, but you know, a hundred goals, that's so many goals, isn't it? I, over however long he was at the club, which was what, eight, eight or nine years, was it in the end? It was just short of a... Yeah, yeah I think he got 96 in the end, uh, Robert. Yeah, maybe over six or seven years, I think it was, thinking about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, and and he's the third all-time goal scorer. So, the, you know, the team is clocking them up. There's, uh, there's, as I said, there's loads of stats in this piece. I think we can now nail down that his typical goal is a one-touch right-foot finish between the six and eighteen-yard box. It's normally Norwich's first goal, and it's likely to be the game's first goal, likely, uh, assisted by Emmy Buendia. Uh, through ball <laughs> so there we go that yeah. is your typical Timo Pukki uh, goal uh, low finish probably across the goalkeeper but not you know uh, anyway um, there's much more was it, was it, your, it was 41 out of 50 have been between the 6 and 18 yard box is that right? yeah it is yeah he hasn't scored he hasn't scored inside the 6 yard box bearing in mind it's Timo Pukki uh, since the the goal at Villa in the game that Norwich won the title so that's like a season and a half ago um, in fact, he literally ran out of the six-yard box to score on his first goal on Saturday. <laughs> but, um, How many of them have been headers? Not many. Uh, two. Um, two. I know this all so, off, off my head, off the top of my head now. <laughs> I've actually scored more headers than Puka. It's ridiculous. Is this right? Uh, have I, you? I, I'm guessing so. I've, I think I've scored at least two. 
I mean, I've got to be honest, I, I don't remember seeing you score a header. I don't remember me heading it. Never mind scoring one. But I definitely did. I definitely scored one header, I think. But considering the centre forward, you, you, don't get many, you don't get many with his head, does it? Oh, I know we don't, play, we don't play that way, do we, to be honest? So. But, but that's almost the interesting thing about him, isn't it? That it's so prescriptive how they play to Temu's strengths. You know, it, it, he, he's so good at what he does that it, it almost doesn't matter that he can't do some of the other things. Um, and we like, Norwich don't cross the ball like that, but they, they don't need to and, they, and teams still can't stop him. I mean, in some ways, do we actually know if he's any good in the air? Because we don't put the ball into the box from out wide too often, do we? Let's not find out. If we start slinging it in, we'll suddenly see that he's brilliant in the air. I mean, see, that's, what, that's what might happen when, you know, when he gets a bit older. And the way he plays now, you, you know, if he loses a yard of pace, you know, he's, 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 he plays one way, doesn't he? Simple as that. He plays, he plays one way. So. That was he, uh, Oh, go on, Darren. Go on, Dan. Sorry, can I just ask uh, Darren, if, does he remind you of anyone you played with, like any strikers you played with in your career? A bit like Earnshaw. He's a little bit like Earnshaw as, as making them forward runs. You know, both clinical. Ernie didn't score many goals in his head either. So, a bit, bit of Earnshaw. I would say that Ernie was probably a little bit more selfish than Pukis though. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that uh, Robert Earnshaw is really selfish. But um, I'm glad you made that point because I always thought of uh, Robert Earnshaw. It, it, he seemed to... and whether this is a detriment or not, he seemed to make the team about him scoring goals, which I guess is kind of what you're saying there. So I mean, he didn't have much success early in a team himself, but always did well in the team. Whereas it's never really, like Tim obviously scored a, a huge amount of goals in his first season, but it was still always about the team's success. And it's a lot of unselfish running that Tim does as well. Yeah, I think Ernie was more bothered about if he scored than if we won, which some centre forwards are like that. You know, they're just judged on goals and, that's the way it is. But I think Pook is slightly different with the work he does for the rest of the team as well. He does indeed. And I think Daniel Farker made the point that he won the ball to then score the second goal um, uh, on Saturday at Blackburn. Um, what's the best thing about Timo Pookie, Dan? Uh, well, at the moment, I mean, I don't want to jinx him, but he's looking fit as fit as he probably has since the start of the Premier League season. Uh, the way he was harrying off the ball um, and on the ball on Saturday was sort of reminiscent of how he started the Premier League season and how he was in the Championship before that. And he doesn't look quite as sluggish as he was when he was coming back from injury. He looks properly fit now. It looks like we've got the sort of old team Pookie back, which, to be, you know, in the summer, people were uncertain whether he would come back. What sort of player we'd, we'd still got up top after, you know, going, what, half a season with struggling to score from open play. So it's just so good to see him back with a smile on his face and seemingly back to his best as well. Yeah, he's, he's, he's properly bubbling at how it's going. You can sort of tell that at the moment. Uh, I suppose he has to thank Declan Rudd to a degree because his first goal this season was his header against Preston that, let's be honest, Dec kind of palmed in the net. And that, that was only his second header goal as well. There you go, Darren. Um, so he obviously, um, you know, thanks, thanks Dec for getting uh, um, Temu back, uh, back on the treadmill. I mean, I had been looking at this for, a, for probably about two months because... Timu was getting closer to 100 appearances and close to 50 goals. I was like, I wonder which he's going to get there first. And I'd been planning um, this piece on his 50 goals for, for a while. And, you know, probably an insight into how I work, but I uh, kept sort of hoping for another few days. So I'll admit it, when he scored his first one, I was kind of hoping he wouldn't get another one on Saturday just to give me a little bit longer to finish uh, the piece. But he did. I was delighted, although it was a little bit of confusion over whether he had actually scored it or not. But uh, I think he soon let on that... Um, it was him. Do we worry about who replaces Timu Pukki yet, gentlemen? Is that, is that going to be a difficult one for Norwich to 
defined? Uh, I think it all depends what division we're in when when that time comes. You know, if we go if we do get promoted this season, which you know looks like we've got a hell of a chance, then there'll be decisions made. Do we stick to what we've got, or do we try and venture out and get another centre forwards to help him a, a bit more? Because that's what you know. Last season, we Puka didn't score. We, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't look like we was going to score. So that that'll be an interesting uh, question coming into the season. Dan. Yeah, I mean, at 30 as well, it's interesting to see where he can still improve because obviously Daniel Farker gets a lot of credit for improving young players and bringing them through. But if you look at someone like Alex Tetty, he visibly has got better under Daniel Farker in the last three or four years. So I just wonder if Pukki's still got areas of his game you can improve on. I don't know, the scoring from outside the box, for example, I don't know, but Darren's a much better place to answer that sort of question. But if, he, if there is more to his game still to come? Uh, I think he'd probably struggle to add more to his game at 30 years old. You know, as long as he's still scoring and still able to make them runs in behind, he'll still be a threat. You know, but when you get to 32, 33, pick a couple of injuries, it's very difficult. So, you know, we just got to, hopefully he stays injury free and uh, you know, obviously keeps taking the chances when they come because he, he is, he's a clinical finisher. There's no doubt about it. Well, he's, uh, he's going to become a daddy for the second time very soon. So uh, let's hope he gets plenty of sleep somehow. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Right, it's on to uh, things we are not going to talk about. Uh, these are the things that have happened and deserve acknowledgement, but we are only going to acknowledge them by stating how we are not going to talk about it. Uh, I hope that makes sense. Um, uh, we only have three minutes, roughly, uh, to do it, so uh, cue the dramatic music. Producer AD, please. And this week, we are not going to talk about... I will start it off. We are not going to talk about... Well, we should talk about it because Alex Tetty made his 200th appearance for Norwich City, which um, is probably a, a greater longevity achievement than Timo Bookie's 50 goals. But Alex... I mean, we, I want to talk about it, but we're not going to. But Alex Tetty, 250 appearances. Just brilliant. Dan. He's not we talking about. No, no, I know. Oh, yeah, I, know. I mean, every, every season for the last what, three or four seasons, he's been written off, and every season he comes back and somehow makes himself undroppable. He's, yeah, he's a, he's a genuine Norris legend now, isn't he? He is. Um, I'm not sure how much longer he's got to go. We'll, we'll see. Uh, Michael McGovern, um, we're not going to talk about his lovely save. It was a really lovely save. What we probably shouldn't talk about, am I being really harsh in thinking that Harvey Elliott's shot might not have been going in? from the goal on Saturday. I didn't notice that. It's a decent run though, isn't it? It was a, it was a brilliantly created goal. Um, a little bit Huckabee-esque maybe even, but um, I mean, it did look like he was almost crossing it and it sort of went in off underneath Michael McCoven, but now I sound like I'm being really harsh and I shouldn't really talk about it. 17 year old though, Mike. Yeah, am I being, not, yeah, well, I don't know. Harvey Elliott looks good, Hux. 
Yeah, very impressive. He was the main outlet all the way through the game. And I think slowing him down a bit, second half, was got us, got us over the line, really, because at one point I thought, especially at 1-0 to us, 1-0, I thought they're going to come out, come take over the game here. But after we got the goal, we, we kind of shut him down a little bit. So, yeah, it was uh, very impressive, very impressive. Especially, say he's only 17. I actually spoke to Max Aaron about him after the game. And he said he was, he was glad that he stayed on that side and didn't come over this side too much. So, <laughs> oh, That's a spirit, Max. Come on. Um, well, we're not going to talk about that anyway. I'm not going to talk about how good Blackburn were because I thought everyone went a little bit over the top about that. I, they were all right, but they weren't, for me, the best side Norwich played this season. But... They sort of dominated for 20 minutes, but over the 90, it felt like we, we probably yeah. deserved a few points. Yeah, I, I thought so. Um, they, they had piped crowd noise in Ewood Park. Now, it, I've said this a few times already. It was basically torture. I mean, that is the sort of thing you do. You, you wouldn't, you weren't listening to it going, oh, it's just like the fans were here. You were going, that's why it noise, my ears hurt. And so, and they kept turning it up every time there was a set piece. It's like, no, what are you doing? So, there, were mean, no, there were no boos when we scored, were there? So, it wasn't no, particularly talk. realistic either. Exactly, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Could you imagine? It sounded, ru- it sounded rubbish on, on TV. It did really it? Did. Yeah. Well, I can assure you it was just as bad. It was considered at Carrow Road for about 10 minutes and then quickly realised it was a bad idea. Really? Oh, my God. I mean, honestly, just dis- a disgraceful decision. <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk... What, oh, oh. what was worse than the uh, the crowd noise was the pitch as well. Like, this yeah. is a former Premier League side, and that was... The December, that was a bad pitch. Especially, yeah, especially for to... a side that wants to play football, it seems, as well. Exactly, absolutely that. Uh, we're not going to talk about Chris Hewton and uh, beating Nottingham Forest, although that was very welcome, to be honest. I think I've already almost forgotten the goal, uh, the game, although not the goal for Jacob Sorensen, who is um, doing a remarkable stint continually at left-back. Uh, I think we've run out of time. Is there anything else you guys don't want to talk about? Just the nonsense around Todd and whether he went down too easily or didn't go down too easily. There's been well, a lot um, of weird stuff said about that. I haven't seen a replay of it, so... He did get poked in the eye, I think. Yeah, which but isn't going to be did nice. go, It did go down like he got hit by a sledgehammer, though. So you can oh, look at it both ways, can't you? So the, uh, we just have. <laughs> I think that's all that we need to say about that. Uh, brilliant work, guys. Well done. Uh, I tell you what, um, let's move on to Centrefold. Uh, so basically, I uh, almost killed myself trying to write about the new Brexit rules in football and how they would affect Norwich City. I wanted to go through how it would have affected how they have recruited players for the last three years, basically, um, since Stuart Webber became sporting director. And therefore, you can then look at what Norwich might have to do differently. And, and that sort of touched on how football itself will change through these rules. Because effectively, as we know, we have and are continually and continuing to leave the European Union. Um, it means uh, no freedom of movement of, of uh, people in from into this country from the EU. And that is, of course, the same for footballers. Like any industry, if uh, you want someone to do a job, um, the idea is you look inside the UK first. And if not, it's going to be a little bit harder than it has been to make it anyone from outside the UK. Um, you should read the piece, and we're not going to go over the whole piece now because it probably need a, a two-hour lecture of, of some sort. And I don't want to do that. Just, just, just read it. it. It goes through. I mean, headline, headlines are basically two-thirds of Norwich's recruitment probably wouldn't have got a uh, governing body endorsement, basically a work 
a work permit to come and play football in England. So you can see from that, Dan, can't you, just the impact that it would have on how Norwich recruit and the sort of signings that they've tried to make and get value from. Yeah, and who is it? Puki and Zimmerman, Buendia. None of those guys would be at Norwich City because was it outside of the sort of European big six leagues, it's going to be really difficult to sign uh, players from abroad if, unless they're sort of regular starters for an international side in the top 50 rankings. Is that right? Oh, that sounds which, good to me. <laughs> I read your piece. Well done. <laughs> uh, which I mean, fundamentally is going to change how not only we have to recruit, but how every club in, in well, certainly in league, from league two to the championship, we have to recruit slightly less. It's slightly different for Premier League sides because they usually cherry pick from the big leagues and sort of international stars. But championship's going to have to sort of fundamentally change, I think, the way they the way they recruit players. And I mean, it's a pertinent issue now because I think Shemeswav uh, Pajeta, Jakob Sorensen, both certainly capable championship players, even at their young age and how raw they are now. And they're not even that raw, to be honest, especially in, in Jakob's case. Um, they wouldn't have made it either. And I think it was just something I touched on in the piece that there are some um, curiosities. So Timo Pukki, as good a player as he is, if, if he's playing for Finland and they're ranked outside the top 50, then there's basically no benefit from that, you know, essentially. And he can't really help. He, his own ability, he can affect that by which club he plays for, but he can't affect it by which country he plays for because generally that's who you're going to play for internationally. So if you're country is ranked 51st there's basically nothing in it for you regardless of your own abilities um and uh, and um there was something else i was going to say but i can't remember what it is oh yeah but, but also so norwich couldn't sign emmy buendia but if there's a fourth choice real madrid player who's got no hope of ever playing anywhere but you know ends up on a team sheet before the end of the season then he'll breeze in no worries which I, I guess with every system you're going to have sort of weak points and 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 um, curious scenarios but uh, there are quite a few there how do you I mean I, I don't know how you would have felt about this if you were a player Darren whether it would have just um, passed you by or whichever but it, it's it's going to be interesting as well for the academy isn't it because it, it does feel like there's going to be a a greater emphasis now on Norwich not only bringing through uh, players which they've, they've done already obviously for the first team but you know they're going to have to be players basically from the UK and, and, and more so from from the local area really that they've brought up from, from the start Yeah football normally finds a way to bypass these rules so money normally talks so it's only a matter of time before they find a way to get around it just because that's how they do it so they'll find a way they'll find a way to get the players they want to do because money, money always talks so that's a and probably teams are going to have to be more realistic, realistic about what value their players are worth. So teams, you know, if we try and buy a player from League One or League Two, it can't be ridiculous money because you know that's how it's going to have to be. Buying players for three or four million pounds from League One, League Two does not going to happen. So it'd be interesting. I wonder if uh, I mean, do, do we think that sort of Max Aaron's now in January is going to be worth a hell of a lot more money? Because and, and even actually the one that got that one I thought about was Ben Godfrey. Like I, I know he's doing very well at Everton. By the way, there was a great piece on him. Um, he's playing at left back now. So uh, I think as Greg O'Keefe wrote, uh, it's only a matter of time before he's playing defensive midfield. <laughs> there you go, Ben. Um, but uh, you know, if you sold, if you kept hold of Ben and tried to sell him in January, I can imagine that Norwich might have been able to stick a few extra million on him because he wouldn't need a work permit. But I don't know. Maybe that's me being a bit a bit twee, Dan. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Hux is right. It's money will talk and, you know, the football brings in such a massive amount of the, so the economy in this country, you know, pr- sure, probably more than fishing, for example, might bring into this economy. That, uh, it That's on the other again. podcast, I think, the, the fishing. <laughs> um, but if it, if it doesn't get its way, it's kind of two ways of looking at it, isn't it? It's easy, if you lose out on players like Puki and Buendia and Sorensen, then the overall quality of the league reduces. But on the flip side, it encourages other clubs to maybe bring through their sort of young English talents a little bit earlier and give them more of an opportunity. You know, I mean, Norwich City have done both of those things over the last two or three seasons to great effect. So it feels unnecessary to be punished and to not do both because we've shown that you can do both of those things. But it may be, may be an opportunity for some clubs who have sort of been reluctant to give youth a chance to give more of a youth a chance. But I think, as Darren says, it will, it will even itself out and in two years' time we'll be still buying players from the second tier of Spanish football and Italian football, etc. You think? Oh, that's interesting. Um, or maybe the MLS, who knows? But uh, yeah, we, we will see how it all pans out. Well, that was, that was pretty upbeat. Well done, guys. I was expecting it to be, a, a, maybe it's just me in, in my sob fest. But um, it's it's all in the piece. Uh, give it a read. There's quite a lot we haven't touched on there. But uh, I mean, you, you wouldn't want us to be seeing <laughs> going through it all right now. Uh, so you can read that over at The Athletic right now. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Okay, uh, time for one more rapid fire section. It is, this is just like fantasy football. Now, uh, we are recording as we usually do on Monday, which means we've got a game on Wednesday night at Reading, then a lunchtime visit from Cardiff on Saturday. But in fact, we won't be back with another podcast until January the 5th which is a lifetime away. So um, we'll let all the other podcasts review the year and whatnot and do their awards and whichever. Happy 2020. Great. Uh, What I want us to do is paint a picture of the forthcoming three weeks. And then you can uh, laugh at the events if if they have already played out and you can do that with the valuable gift we are giving this Christmas of hindsight. Um, We'll have about three minutes to do it. Um, We will get the dramatic music on again if uh, we may so what i want you guys to do is to paint the picture of what's going to happen over the next three weeks there's loads going on cue that music um right what's going to happen i, I mean i know still going to be top for starters dan well uh, there's actually only five games until we're, we're next on which doesn't seem enough like seeing as we're playing every week at the moment yeah it's about twice. 10 days isn't it <laughs> yes oh yeah we'll uh, you'd like to think we'll be top three definitely still by then because it's so tight that top three is very much in touching distance first place i think yeah and well if you put reading will be a big game for that you know a few points extra on the board love it got, do reckon, both oh, reading goal scorers, that who's reading. that reading we've got both their leading goal scorers out until the 
new year. Hope so. Yeah, likewise, Cardiff, I think, missing Kiefer, Kiefer Moore. Um, and maybe Harry Wilson. See, everyone else is getting the injury crisis now. That was in my injury piece. One prediction is Cardiff will definitely score a set piece against us. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be Sean Morrison, won't it? Who I always liked as a player. Oh, always liked him. Hux? What's going to happen? I think, we'll be, I think we'll be top. I think we'll... Well, we've got five before then. I think we'll win three of them. Love three. It. three. I, I, just, I just think we've got such a, a strong squad. Playing well. Uh, you know, things seem to be falling for us at the right time. So, no, I, I honestly think with the players we've got coming back, that we've got company with the strongest squad in the division. Love it. Um, there'll be no fans at Watford by the looks of things. I think that's what the uh, latest um, tierage is. Um, I think we're all right in Norfolk, but um, so you know, no home, no home fans against Watford, and then two home games, hopefully with fans as well. Seems a bit of an unfair advantage, really, doesn't it? But there we go. <laughs> let's, get, let's get over that. That's mad. Uh, another predict. Dow will, Dow will probably have impressed a few people by then. Yeah, well, yeah, get him on the pitch. That'd be a good start. I, I, I probably let's say. But Steepy's probably not been in his best form. Steepyman, since playing really well against Bristol City, probably that he's drifted a little bit. Mario, that's not his. Uh, that's not his natural position, number ten. So it's probably up. It's Dowell's to take, probably, isn't it? Oh, get Kieran Dowell out. Will, will Norwich have a left back back by then? Over when we're not on. Seems unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> but probably not. <laughs> I love it. Um, Todd, should we throw in a Todd Campwell goal? I can see him scoring. Yeah, I think Todd's been done all right. So the two games he's been back, I think he's, you know, he probably should have scored one the other day. Uh, you know, it's, it's just extra quality. You know, every team in the championship would like a Todd Campbell. They'd like a Dow. They'd like a you know, Hugel. So, or as, as, as an option anyway. So, you know, we were in a real good place at the minute. I love it. What, I don't know who the West Brom Chelsea Loney is. Gallagher. I can't think of his first name. He, he looks extraordinarily like Todd Campbell, I realise. That was my big revelation from the weekend. Anyway, uh, moving swiftly on. Uh, in fact, that's time. The music is out. So there we go. Um, there we go. I think we, we didn't touch... I was just about to touch on the fact that, obviously, we've got the FA Cup game against Coventry as well. So I was just going to basically predict that Norwich would exit the FA Cup. <laughs> because it's like, why would you? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that'd be good for Cov, wouldn't it, Hux? I think... Because they played quite well against us, didn't they? And obviously yeah. Nick to Nick to draw. So I think we'll go full strength and try and slap them. Do you think? Oh, that's yeah. Tough. I think the manager the manager will go full strength. Yeah. Uh, that's what I think. Love it. I love it. Um, and of course, Tim Krull will be back in goal, which uh, which will happen at some point over the next few weeks. Um, we will see how quickly. Uh, I did put the question out actually on Twitter. Uh, we had one re- uh, one reply from Daniel Emery, which I'll read out. His uh, his. Um, suggestions were uh, we'll be top of the league Pookie will be top scorer in the division because he's still behind Ivan Tony at the moment and Kieran Dow would have scored a hat-trick I think we'll all be happy if even a modicum of that comes I'll true. tell you what else would have happened is that all of our best players are going to be linked in the January transfer window for oh. some ridiculous moves aren't they all you of that come it's, it's not that I've forgotten about the January transfer window. I just cannot bring myself to mention it before we get to January, which I think was kind of a similar reaction we got from Daniel Farker when I think the Sky reporter asked him about January. He's like, I ain't talking about this now. It's December. That's it. And that was that. So um, I think, uh, yes, that's something I can predict. When we come back, we'll just be talking about January. <laughs> so uh, please don't log off.
Um, but there we go. Uh, well, you know what, gents? I think that is time. Um, how exciting. Uh, On the Ball will be with you all season long, so make sure you subscribe via our podcast player of choice. Uh, the podcast is available free for everyone on your usual player and ad-free to subscribers of The Athletic via our app. And if you like what we're doing, leave, leave a review and a rating and please spread the word of our efforts across the Norwich City world. If you'd like to get in touch, ask a question or propose a topic for discussion, send me a direct message on Twitter at Michael J. Bailey. Uh, in the meantime, I mean, I say that we're here all season. We are taking a couple of weeks off. I hope you'll forgive us for that and we'll see you in the new year. Uh, in the meantime, a big thank you to our guests tonight. They were Dan Brigham. Thanks, Dan. Thanks very much, Michael. And they were Darren Huckabee. Thanks, Hucks. Have a great Christmas, everybody. Exactly. Uh, we are off now until January the 5th. Have a brilliant Christmas, as, as Mr. Huckabee just said, and a happy new year to you all. We will see you in 2021 for another On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. Until then... Never mind the danger. And we're clear now. Uh, Hux, we do a special bonus bit now. Are you happy to stay on for five minutes? Yep, crack on. You've got no idea what's going on, but it's brilliant. Um, which is exciting. Um, welcome to Wits End. Welcome to all you Twitterkers. Um, if any of you have stumbled across this for the first time and are wondering what's going on, listen to On The Ball podcast number 42, which went live on September the 8th. It's all explained there. You can email us, Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S, at iCloud.com, or use the hashtag Twitterkers on Twitter. Just don't explain what it's referring to. Just say what you want to say and sling on the old hashtag. Uh, Dan, nice to be in, in Wits End, I hope, again. Always good to be back. Love it. Um, if you go to twitterkers.co.uk, whoever's putting this together um, has put down a roll of honour of how often and who's been on. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't want that to become competitive, but we'll have Darren Huckabee's name on that now. That's exciting. Honorary Twitterker. So there I we ain't go. got a clue what that means, but we'll no. see. <laughs> well, I mean, neither have we really, and we came up with it. Um, but you should go to twitterkers.co.uk. This is, well, Hux, but also everyone out there, um, because it, it's so good. We've got so many good things on there. Uh, it, there's now a countdown as well to the January transfer window, which is a little bit um, concerning <laughs> for my own part. Uh, and, of course, the continuing countdown since Norwich's last defeat, which I love is, is how optimistic that is. Um, uh, what I would say, whoever is doing the website, you've put there um, in the Forgotten City memories that Harry Kane was on loan at Norwich. If you could just hyperlink that to my piece on The Athletic, that would be lovely because it will just take people through to it, um, which I, I love that piece. If you haven't read it, read it. Um, I think that the two uh, honorary Twitter accounts as well, at Emmy Other Business and at NCFC Twitterkers, which is spelled as in Stephen Whitaker, um, they are still planning on coming on at some point. We're gonna, I'm going to try and make that happen. I'll try and do that over Christmas. Um, and maybe we can have you know that. Who they are? What's that? You know who they are? Not a clue. No, no, no. It could be an absolute disaster. But I, I have faith that it will be awesome. So um, hopefully they'll come on Wits End in the new year. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying that. Why not? Let's make it happen. Um, now, let's see. There was one thing I did want to mention, um, which was from um, Ollie. He uh, sent me an email and I'd been promising for ages to get through and read this email um, because he asked a couple of questions. So let me find it. Now it's here. It's just here. Here it is. Hi guys. Love the pod. My question is for everyone and anyone here 
at uh, wit's end what is the most awkward experience you've ever had interviewing or being interviewed or meeting a football manager or player doesn't have to be from norwich city michael if you say ben godfrey out of position story i won't be angry just disappointed but also a little angry uh, cheers ollie so um gentlemen if you think about your most awkward experience uh, well i suppose being interviewed in your case maybe hux um or you dan interviewing anyone um Mine is, I'm going to dig out the audio for future, but um, there was two elements. There was one when I asked Stuart Pearce if his England under 21 side were, were favourites for something or whatever. I, I called them favourites in the question and then he just launched a barrage at me about how I knew nothing about under, international under 21 football. I mean, they were favourites against Romania. I don't care what he was saying, but he didn't like that. Um, and then the other one was probably this time of year in 20, 2009, when I accidentally asked Cody McDonald how he went about chillaxing. I don't know why I used that word, um, but uh, it ended up, uh, Holt, he was there at the same time, and he just said, what, what have you just said there? And he, I think we all know what Grant Holt is like. He, uh, he just didn't let that go. I think Simon Lappin and Adam Drury used it in subsequent interviews when when i was talking to them uh, just to mock me and then and then paul lambert brought it up in a press conference um when i promised to write him a song so um i've got some audio of that at some point but that was uh, that's my story uh, and i'm sticking to it banned from the paul lambert press conference or was that one of your co former colleagues uh well i got banned banned for four months but, um, but we'll maybe save that for another wit's end if people want to know about it <laughs> Um, for what reason? We're, we're we not we'll save it for the new year, Dan. We're saving it for the new year. Time <laughs> is tight. We've got about two minutes. Um, awkward experience, Dan? Uh, the one I off the top of my head at Norwich City was when uh, I was interviewing uh, Zimmerman on his when we when we signed him for the first time and we were getting to just hold a ball up and I had to pass the ball to him from about thirty yards and I thought this is my opportunity now to show what I'm made of. And I leathered it about 40 yards uh, wide of him and go running up. So never again have I tried to pass football to a professional footballer. Just not worth the embarrassment. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's, I mean, that's... I was wearing, you know, shoes though, so... That's just a bad pass. I mean, I don't. There's nothing to do with the circumstances, really. You play football, Michael. You, you will not be surprised by that. Nah, you, you're better than that. I mean, I'm surprised you could kick it 40 yards. But we've only played five aside. Hux. If, hopefully this isn't me having embarrassed you during an interview. So No, I think the one is the Cron interview I did on, it's on YouTube somewhere. So you'll be able to find it when I was in America. And the, <sighs> it, it, and the geezer didn't have a clue about football. So basically thought I was the best player that ever, ever lived and you are. scored the greatest goal, greatest goal of all time. You so, did. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he didn't have a clue. But that, that was pretty, I wasn't, I wasn't embarrassed, but... It kind of went viral over there, so. He is an English legend, uh, just acquired by the San Jose Earthquakes. Look at this, when you go on the internet, Huckerby is his name, and uh, Darren is standing by, just has arrived in this country. He is a legend, and uh, we'll see how legendary he is with an interview. Darren, can you handle it? I'll try my best. It's amazing. I'll tell you what, I'll tweet that because I, I still I still owe everyone the Alex Pritchard video with uh, with John Rogers and um, the, uh, uh, what was it, one of the celebrations for uh, Keith Birchin, that's it. Um, so uh, they'll, they'll be tweeted over Christmas as a present. Um, by the way, I'm going to run a competition for a, um, a month pass for The Athletic um, at some point over Christmas, so keep an eye on my Twitter feed if you wish. Um, I think we're done. So yeah, I'll sort that audio out. Um, and I think, uh, I think we'll leave it there. Um, I have no any other business um, this week. 
um, before Christmas. So I reckon we wrap up Wits End. But thank you all for joining us. Dan, thank you so much for the pod. Thanks a lot, Michael. Merry Christmas to all. Likewise. Hux, always a pleasure. As always, enjoy your Christmas, have a few beers and chillax. <laughs> I'll down you start. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, You can have that audio post, uh, uh, post Christmas and New Year. Brilliant stuff. Thank you all. Thanks, everyone. Have a great time. Enjoy it. We'll see you on the other side. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.